today. John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31. And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written. Why? That you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Amen. Please be seated. If you are visiting with us today, let us say how grateful we are that you are here. We pray that you would come back at any opportunity that you have, and hopefully you have gotten one of those visitor's packets, and you filled out one of those attendance cards. I'm going to have some gentlemen come through and to pick up those cards, so if you'll pass those toward the aisles, we'll pick those up for you. We'll have a record of your attendance, and we're so glad that you're here. We'll treat you all kind of ways. You're going to have to like one of them. Let me encourage you to grab one of your red song books uh, here for just a moment, and you'll have the outline of the lesson as we look at it this morning. You can turn to page number 342, and we'll get there uh, eventually. Found in Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 31, there you have, I think it's an account, a real-life account, some would say, it's a parable, but there is an account there of a rich man and a poor man by the name of Lazarus. And as you recall that particular account, uh, you recall that rich man who fared sumptuously every day. He was clothed in the nicest of clothes, and uh, he would eat all those things, and one day he passed from this life. Backing up, you find Lazarus, the beggar, who was a poor man who was brought and laid down at the uh, rich man's gate, which would let me know he was probably lame. He finds himself in the same predicament, and he dies. In eternity, they open up their eyes, one Lazarus being in the bosom of Abraham, and the rich man being tormented in a flame. You recall that rich man said, Father Abraham, send Lazarus, as if he still works for this man, to dip his finger in, in water and cool my tongue, which probably let you know how warm of a place he is. I'm not, um, I'm not big on people touching my tongue with their raw finger. Uh, I'm especially not that way if I understand uh, the physical natures of Lazarus himself. The rich man eventually speaks to Abraham and he says, I want you to send Lazarus back so that he can tell my five brothers not to come to this place. Abraham would say they have the prophets, they have Moses, if uh, let them hear them. And he said, no, 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 Father Abraham, but if you would send one back, then they would believe. And Abraham would go on to say, if they're not going to believe Moses and the prophets, they're not going to believe someone who's raised from the dead. Would you listen to somebody if they were raised from the dead, if they came back? There's an old um, psychological question where uh, you can figure out a, a lot about a person 
if you ask them this, if you could go back in history and have a meal with anyone from the beginning of time forward, who would it be? You know, people will say uh, presidents who've passed from this life or kings or queens or perhaps grandparents. Those in the religious world may even throw Jesus into the mix there. But who would you, who would you have dinner with? You know, we sing a song about that idea. It's page 342 in your red book. Notice the lyrics of this particular song. We saw thee not when thou didst come to this poor world, sin and death, nor yet beheld that cottage home and that despised Nazareth, but we believe. Look at verse 2. We saw thee not when lifted high amid a wild and savage crew, nor heard that imploring cry, forgive they know not what they do, but we believe. Notice verse 3. We gazed not in the open tomb where once thy mangled body laid, nor saw thee in that upper room, nor met thee on the open way, but we believe. Notice verse 4. We walked not with the chosen few, who saw thee from the world ascend, who raised to heaven their wandering view, then lo, to earth all prostrate bend, but we believe. I want to take a few moments this morning and examine this particular song. As, as you and I look at it, what we're going to find out is its truths uh, really permeate through our lives. First of all, I have never been to the Middle East, which makes it difficult for me to see where Jesus was born. And I only live about 2,000 years too late which makes it difficult for me to find out where Jesus was born. I didn't see that barn area. I didn't see him uh, or that family as they are striving and looking for a place of comfort. I never saw when they were searching for a place she, knowing better than he did that time was closing in and this baby is coming. I never saw those things. I've never even seen where Jesus the Christ was born. I never saw what they wrapped him in. I never saw what they laid him in. I never saw that he was not only born into this world, but born into a poor family. The Bible would speak about them offering two turtle doves, Mary and Joseph offering two turtle doves as the sacrifice in Luke chapter 2 and verse number 24 for Jesus the Christ. Two turtle doves. You know what, you know what two turtle doves are worth in today's value? Not much. You know what they were worth then? Not much. It was not the fact that God said every sacrifice must be this and it must cost this. Here's the reason why. Some people don't have that. 
Are you saying if I'm not rich enough to have this animal or that animal, I can't sacrifice to Jesus? No, you can sacrifice. Or sacrifice to God? No, you can sacrifice that. Two turtle doves. That's all you need. I never saw that. I never saw Jesus the Christ with, with no home, even though he said about himself, the Son of Man hath nowhere to lay his head. I never saw the fact that he didn't have a closet and everything that he had clothes-wise he had on his body. I'll be real honest with you, I don't even know what he looks like. You and I tend to have an idea hoping that we know, and hopefully that idea is not um, manipulated by 15th century European paintings. I've never seen... The Lord of Eternity. I've never seen the Creator of the universe give up everything He has to come here. I've never seen Him give up that eternity. I've never seen Him give up that immortality to come here and live. You know what I've never seen? I've never seen the hill on which the cross sat. Matter of fact, I'll, I'll be real honest with you, I've never even seen a Roman cross. Aside from that, I've never seen anyone put on a cross. We don't do that kind of thing today. That's a little more savage than we are accustomed. And I've never seen the preparation for a person to be put on a cross. I've never seen John 19 verse 1 where they take Jesus as a man and scourge him. I've never seen uh, how a person's back would have been opened uh, to, to such a degree. I've never seen someone have to carry their own, their own cross, their own uh, implement of death to where it would be placed on them. I don't know how many Roman soldiers would be there. I don't know how many it took. I don't know if he had extra or he didn't have as many. I don't know what the spikes looked like. I don't know what the crown of thorns looked like. I don't even, I can't even imagine what it would be like to have to wipe the spit of someone else off of my face. Or see the incarnate God stand before his creation only to have his creation slap him in the face. I've never seen anything like that. I don't know what that would be like. I don't know what it would be like to have him hang there. 
and begin to try to pull himself up and try to speak. I've never seen those things. I don't know what it's like for the human body to to writhe in that fashion looking for air simply to live. You know, when, when we create words in the English language, they always have some sort of meaning to them. How many of you have ever said, I'm in excruciating pain? How many of you have ever been there? Just a side note for you to know the root word of the word excruciating is crucifix. You ever been in that much pain? An interesting idea there. I don't know what that's like. I don't know what it would be like to see the crowd around there and to hear the jeering and the, the mental anguish that would go along with that physical pain. I don't know what that's like. I, I don't know what it's like to hear someone on a cross scream out or to see someone on a Roman cross give up. I don't know what that's like. And if, if, I'm, if I'm going to be honest and completely honest about it, I really don't understand how all those things happen in the case of Jesus the Christ in order to purchase me. I have a hard time with that. I don't understand how that works. You know what I've not ever seen and I don't understand? Empty tombs. How many of you ever been to a funeral? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that body here in our nation lies in state. We have a funeral. Uh, all of those things go that way. Then that body is processed to the to the uh, cemetery, then that body is buried. You ever looked at a casket in America? You can shake or nod, it's all right. You ever seen one? You know, they have, they have two doors on them, right? In the, on the top side. And you say, yeah, we've seen that, preacher. That's, you know how many they have on the bottom? None. And you say, this is the dumbest thing I think I've ever heard. Well, here's the point. Tombs don't have back doors and caskets don't have uh, trap doors on the bottom because that's where you end up. There's no going any other place except for this tomb. I don't, I don't understand empty tombs. I don't understand how he, he could be there and then just over some period of time, not be there. I don't understand upper rooms. I don't understand where, where disciples are, are so afraid of what Jesus the Christ has said is going to happen when it happens that they go and hide. I 
I don't understand. I, I don't know what that is about. I don't understand how that works. I don't understand being in that first century church gathering. Imagine if you can, put yourself there for a moment. You're gathering with the saints in Jerusalem. Let's say it is week number three after Pentecost. Saints gathered, we have read from the Scriptures, someone is taught, uh, we've given of our means, we're singing. And now comes the Lord's Supper. And perhaps you're visiting and you just sort of scoot in and you sit beside this lady, you don't know who she is. But when it comes to this particular part of the worship unto God. She's pretty upset. You can see her physically and visibly being upset, so you reach in your pocket where you have your handy-dandy uh, handkerchief and you, you hand it to her. She wipes her eyes and, and she continues the process of really breaking down right there before you. You say, is it because she is so focused in on, on the sacrifice? Well, yeah, probably so, since that was her son. Oh, yeah. I don't understand that at all. I've never seen those things. I can't recall those things. It, I haven't seen what the apostles saw in Acts chapter 1. The things they saw in Acts chapter 1 were, were amazing. They find themselves, before the doors of the church are open, they find themselves watching Jesus in that 40-day period, at the end of that 40-day period, being raised to heaven, ascending to God on the throne, on the right hand of the throne of God. In my mind, I see it this way, but I don't know. I see, the, see it as if he's there beside them one moment, and the next moment just floating up. I wonder what it's like to have the last memory of seeing Jesus, seeing the bottom of his feet. They're staring up at this in Acts chapter 1, verse 11, so intently that they don't see the angels who are beside them who said, didn't Jesus give you a task to do? Well, then go on in Jerusalem and do it. They're looking so, so adeptly at him, they can't see or hear anything else. I don't know what that's like. I, I, first to see someone raised from the dead, but then to see them float into the sky? Then we find ourselves 
in John chapter 20. Exactly where Michael started with us, John chapter number 20, verse number 30 and 31. If you write in your Bible, I think it's the key to the book of John and consequently the key to all four Gospels. Let's go back to what John wrote by the inspiration of God. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. Contained within the book of John, you have two accounts of Jesus healing a blind man. Is that the only two? I don't know. What if it is? Well, then that's pretty good. What if it's not? When you and I read the book of John, John chapter 20 and verse number 30, we find out that there are a lot of things Jesus did that, that are not written in this book. Matter of fact, if you'll flip over one chapter to chapter 21 and read verse number 25, what you'll read is this, that, that the world itself could not contain the books if everything Jesus did was written down. Now, do you want to live here? Shake or nod. You like, yeah, I want to live on earth. How about you? Yeah. Well, we can't do that if we write down everything Jesus said because we can't move the books around. So we go back to chapter 20, verse number 30 and 31. Many other signs Jesus did. Not a few, not one or two. Many of those things Jesus did in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. Why would he do those things? Why would he do them in the presence of his disciples? Well, we assume... At times, this is the 12 that are going to be the apostles. That's possibility, and perhaps they are included in this group. If you find him in the presence of those who will be following after him from time to time to time, who will be doing all sorts of miracles. But, verse 31 the signs that are contained within this book, these that are written, the signs contained within this book, the book of John, are written that ye may believe or might believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Why? Because you're not going to get the chance that was given to those in John chapter 6. You remember those disciples in John chapter 6 who, who would turn away and not follow after God? Or not follow after Jesus anymore? They, they turned away and they walked. They said, that's a hard saying. Who can hear that? There were those who saw, those who were fed, those who had an opportunity to be with Jesus, and they just turned around and walked away. To which Jesus would look at those handpicked 12 and say this. Verse number 66, will you not also go? Peter speaks up for the group here in John chapter 6, about verse 66, 67. He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? <laughs> Who are we going to turn to? You have the words of eternal life. I never saw those things. You remember that song, we never saw this, but... Every portion of the chorus of, song, of the song uh, 342 that we just read starts this way. But we believe 
I never saw all of those things, but according to John chapter 20, uh, verses 30 and 31, I believe. And that belief that I have is founded within God's Word, and that belief that I have proves to me that Jesus the Christ came to earth. John chapter 1, verse number 14, where he came to this earth into a body, and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten, full of grace and truth. And the word became flesh. You believe Jesus Christ came to this earth? Shake or nod. Yeah. But you never saw him. No, I never saw him. But do you believe that? Do you believe Matthew chapter 25 through 28 or John chapter 18 through 20 or Mark chapter 14 and 15 or Luke chapter 20 through 22? Do you believe he was brutally accosted and killed? Yeah. Well, I never saw it. I never did either. That mean it didn't happen? Well, let's find out. See this group right here? They have never seen a plane run into very tall towers in New York City. They have never seen an attack on a harbor outside of Hawaii. Did it happen? Yeah. As a matter of fact, in the history of our nation, we call those days things like uh, those unforgettable days and, and days that will live in infamy. And they, don't, they read about them. They've, they've heard about them historically. They don't know them the way you know them, but did they still happen? Oh, yeah. You believe Jesus the Christ died? And then undied? I guess it's not the grammatically correct way to say that. I believe he was raised from the dead. Yeah, we look through the, the Bible and we'll see uh, the son of the widow that, that Elijah raised. And we'll say, look at that. We'll see Jairus' daughter and we'll say, look at that right there. We'll see Lazarus and, and marvel at the fact that Jesus told Lazarus to come forward, but nobody else. And we look at his tomb and we think, how in the world can that happen? I don't know if I believe that. Oh, my goodness. Well, I never saw it. Well, I, I didn't either. Do you believe it would be angels that would confirm his resurrection in John chapter 20 and Matthew chapter 28? Do you believe those things even though you haven't? Seen those things? Do you believe Jesus the Christ raised from the dead? Do you believe the apostles in Acts chapter 1 saw it? Turn back over to John chapter 20. Because I think we have soldiers short on purpose. Let's start in verse number 26. After eight days again, his disciples were within that particular upper room, and Thomas was with them. 
Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst of them. How that works, I don't know. And he said, Peace be unto you. And he said to Thomas, Reach hither your finger, and hold my hands. Reach hither your hand, and thrust it into my side. Be not faithless, but believing. And then Thomas, without doing those things, answered to him, My Lord and my God. Now, pay attention to verse number 29, as it is right before where we're going with 30 and 31. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you've seen, you believe. Did you notice right here that Jesus Christ didn't get on for Thomas for asking to be able to do those things? What he said is when you were presented with the evidence, then you believed. Now you are mentioned and I am mentioned in the last section of verse 29. Blessed are they that have not seen And yet believe. Would you like to see those things? Would you have liked to have seen him? Would you like to have seen the miracles that he did? Heard the lessons that he spoke? Saw the, the, uh, the, the feeding of 5,000? Would you like to have seen him walk on that water? Would you have liked to have seen the, uh, have seen the, the, uh, the death of Jesus the Christ? The resurrected Christ? If you want me to offer anything other than fact I find within the Bible on those pages written in black and red, if you want me to offer anything else other than that, I cannot. Would I have liked to have seen those things? Sure. Once again, we're about 2,000 years too late and about 4,000 miles too far to the west. But even though you can't physically see all of those things and have those things being proved to you and to your eyes right before your very eyes, would you still believe? Would you still believe that Jesus is the Christ? Would you still believe that that second person of the Godhead was sent to this earth for the express reason of dying for you? Would you still believe that he was born in a, in a manger or in a, in a uh, barn outside of Bethlehem, that he was wrapped up in swaddling clothes and that his first bed was a feed trough? Would you believe that? Would you believe that this Jesus the Christ that found himself starting there fulfilled more than 300 prophecies found in the Old Testament? Would you believe that? Would you believe the signs and the miracles and the wonders that he did on this earth to prove himself to be Jesus the Christ, even though you haven't seen them? But you can read about them. Would you believe they took him from a garden? Would you believe they hung him on a cross? Would you believe they killed him because he said you're not doing it right? Would you believe that he was raised from the dead three days later? Would you believe that he ascended to the Father 40 days later? Would you believe that his church opened 50 days later? This point where you're going to shake or nod. Would you believe that? Good. For all you who are shaking, let me say this to you. 
It's not going to be enough just to believe it. James chapter 2. Ten through about 18 there, you're going to read about that believing person. You're going to read about another group who believes. And for me to simply believe and not do anything with it, I fall into this group. Even the devils believe and tremble. Hmm. What an interesting idea. The devil himself believes in Jesus Christ. He obviously does. He knows exactly who he is and exactly why he came here. Why was he trying to, to uh, forego his plan the entire time? Do you believe it? I don't mean can you um, ascend to it in your intelligence that you believe Jesus Christ. Do you believe it? Shake or not, do you believe it? All right, for all you who are shaking, what have you done with it? That belief should lead you to an action. That first action is repentance. As you look at the truth of what God has said, and I look at my life and I say, boy, those things don't match up. I'm going to have to change some things. I'm going to have to repent. I'm going to have to change my mind about what I think is sinful and change it to what God thinks is sinful. Luke chapter 13, verse number 3. Are you willing to confess that Jesus is the Messiah, the one and only way to God? John chapter 14 and verse number 6. If you are... One, one last question for you. Are you willing to contact the blood of Jesus the Christ by the means of baptism? If you are, then you can be added to the church for which Jesus died, the family of God. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 38, Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Have you done those things? If not, that's where you need to start. Have, let me ask you this. When you put Jesus the Christ on in baptism, you told God, you made a promise to God that you're going to be faithful to him, right? Brother or sister, shake or nod. Good for all you shaking. Let me ask you this. Have you done that? Michael, I don't know if you've ever done this, but you ask pointed questions like that, and those who know the answer and are ashamed of the answer begin to look down. Stop looking down. Start looking up. Up to God. Come home. Come back home to Him. Allow Him to forgive those sins and bring you back into the fold. Right now, while we stand and while we sing for your encouragement. Thank <laughs> you.